Blog Talk Radio. In a country barreling towards a crucial election while facing a pandemic, a liar in chief, fake news, and murder hornets, this is the last 100 days. Why, yes it is, boys and girls. Welcome to the Last 100 Days podcast. It is Monday, August 17, 2020. I am your host, Scott Fullerton. And joining me in just a couple of minutes will be my Monday, Wednesday, Friday co-host, as always, Mr. Michael Vega. We are on day 78 and countdown to the beginning of the virtual Democratic Convention. I guess we are the... Absolutely unofficial, official kickoff to the coverage, right, Michael? It's going to start in about an hour. <laughs> the very unofficial, unofficial, official coverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah something exactly. like that. Exactly. <laughs> How was your weekend, my friend? What's going on? It, it, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was a good one. I was very productive. I've, uh, you know, uh, decided we're just going to change my environment. Switch, you know, things around here here in the house, and uh, yeah, it's a little effective. Give me a new new perspective. The couch is in a new place. <laughs> that's, you that's feng yourself I, this weekend, huh? You feng shuied yourself. Basically, I did look up some of that stuff. Um, some of it's not possible here, but hey, and some of it's a little too particular for me. But yeah, we're we're, we're trying, shaking it up. There you go. Very good. Well, I uh, prepared myself for this uh, four-day convention by doing absolutely nothing all weekend. It was nice. <laughs> Just let it play <laughs> as it plays out because we have four days of convention coming at us. Uh, like I said, it's starting at 9 o'clock, the keynote, every night. So we are there the hour before every night. So we will unofficially be officially kicking it off each night. There will be speakers each night. There will be entertainment each night. Uh, they say that only about a third of the There'll country no can Scott watch the There will be no Scott Bayo each night. <laughs> no Scott Bayo, not this one. No Scott Bayo. But they're saying it's not the biggest exciting draw in the world. They said that both conventions are expected to do less than a third. They said the Democrats seem to draw around 33% and the Republicans 32% when they do theirs next week. So no one's overly enthused about it, which is pretty interesting. But we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I find that completely annoying. I mean, this isn't – I get that we're in a very entertainment-forward uh, society right now, but I'm sorry, politics and a convention doesn't need to be entertaining to, to, to draw you. You know, this, this, this is our lives you know, the musical lineup. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, the stakes, I mean, there's there's a lot yeah. of stakes going on this election. I mean, every election is an important election, right? According to every Absolutely. commercial out there, but this really is an important election. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have someone that can't tell the truth. We have uh, a historic ticket on one hornets. side. I mean, murder <laughs> hornets. I mean, this is. This is a consequential time. We have uh, – I don't understand why people can't pay attention to this kind of stuff because it's very, very serious. Serious, serious, serious Oh, absolutely. Stuff. And it's, 
I just spoke boring. Somebody, I mean, I understand. I just, some... Go ahead. Uh, I, you know, I, on my social media here, and somebody I knew uh, who commented on uh, one of my posts about uh, the, what's happening with the post office, and you know, commenting on seeing these uh, pictures of, of boxes being taken, uh, being locked up, et cetera, et cetera, and she chimed in with a half joke saying, you know, oh, I bet you're all blaming this on Trump too. To which I replied, you know, very, very, uh, you know. Uh, just factually, this is what's going on. And she said she had no idea. So it, it amazed me how not only misinformed, just uninformed some people are. You know, we're inundated with information, and you can't turn on a, a TV screen or a laptop or a phone without getting inundated with information. So there's just no, there's absolutely no excuse for being that clueless. And I no, hope you're listening, I mean... Mary Lou. <laughs> no, there you go. There you go. No, I mean, there's really no excuse. If you're a voting age and you're not voting, that means you just don't give a damn about your country as far as I'm concerned. And, I mean, you can you can vote any way you want to vote. I'm not going to make you vote any particular way, but come on. At least Absolutely. vote and do your duty. If you can take the time to get on social media and cast aspersions towards somebody's opinions, then you can take the time to inform yourself about what it is you're casting aspersions about. Plain and simple. Right. Don't open your mouth unless you know. You know, I'm, I'm the first one to come onto a show like this and admit, you know, what I don't know. You know, I'm not, a, as I said before, I'm not a constitutional scholar. I just, I, I know what I know, and I'm not going to give an opinion on something I, I don't. I can speculate, but, you know, I'm not going to dig in and cast aspersions towards something I have absolutely no idea what I'm speaking of. Right, exactly. And, and conventions, I mean, it, it's speech after speech after speech. I understand that's not the most exciting thing. They'll have some, um, they'll do celebrity introductions and they'll have some entertainment, but that's not what this is about. We need to be finding out what yeah. your candidate is planning on doing to get us out of this shit show we've been living last three and a half years. So, at least for this and there week. Is, I mean, as far as, you know, what I was saying, entertainment value, you know, I do believe there's a big value in, you know, what they have to say in terms of policy and what the candidate's going to do, but also in uh, terms of giving hope. You know, inspirational right, words exactly. like somebody tonight, like Michelle Obama. That's really important, you know, to, to inspire and to give just that little glimmer of, okay, things may be okay. You know, I think that's, you know, this serves to do that, and that's very important. Right. And the polls are tightening. I mean, the latest has Biden up over 4%, which is plus or minus the, the errors. So things are tightening up. They've been talking about it last week. They tightened last week. They're tightening this week. So, It's time to figure out what people are all about and decide which way you want to go because things are getting very, very close. And I don't like. I don't understand (laughs) how it's even a. I don't understand how it's even a decision at this point. And you know me and polls. I don't. You know they 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 are what they are, and they are no reflection in of you know the lengths that he is going to go to to uh, alter this election in his favor. So the polls can have. Biden, you know, up by 50 points and still, you know, that's still, it could still come down to how many mailboxes did we haul away last night? Right. And I mean, and he's doing what he did at the debates when he was 
following Hillary around in that circle. He's going to every state that's oh having this convention, and he's flying there. He went to Minnesota and Wisconsin today to give little mini speeches from the airport, and it's like he is just trying to intimidate everybody. He uses his bully pulpit very well. I got to say, the Republicans tend to do that a lot better than the Democrats do. But he is. Uh, uh, I don't understand why people are so. Uh, I mean, I, I, I recall that debate, and I remember just being in tears, laughing, and not that it was funny, but just to see his his pace around her, just you know, stalking her like a you know a, a vulture stalking a, a you know some carrion. It was absurd. It was. I had to laugh because I was like, what what's going on here? Somebody stop him. No. <laughs> Put it. It was <laughs> absurd. Let's talk about the first night of the convention. Like I said, it's going to be over four nights here. They have some main speakers on each night. They have some interesting things during the day. I mean, y'all can check out your Google, what's happening on the convention. Like there's the LGBT caucus is meeting tomorrow and Thursday. It'd be interesting to see what they're going to bring to the platform. Um, I wish I could be a fly in that room, but you're not going to talk much about Mm it. We are going to have three out Democratic uh, Congress people speak at the uh, prime time tomorrow night, so that should be interesting. But as far as speakers tonight, I think they're kicking it off with uh, Amy Klobuchar, who of course mm-hmm. ran for president herself. I was not um, totally opposed to her. She wasn't one of my top picks, but I think she could have done a very good job as president, probably down the line. So I'm impressed was she with her. the first woman senator of minnesota or i believe so yeah yeah and and she's won all of her races she's ever done including against lots of republicans she's won every single race so she is pretty impressive that way and i think she's a good Mm -hmm. speaker i think she's smart so i mean she she did a good race she did she came in Mm kind of close in a couple of the first uh um primaries and then kind of fizzled out there but Good honor for trying, and I think she she did very, very, very well overall. So it'll be interesting to see. She was one of the very first ones to step up and endorse Biden when she dropped out. I was impressed by that, that she brought some unity right away to that. So that was kind of cool. So she'll be kicking things off tonight. Go ahead. Yeah, because I would imagine that there's a common goal here. You would think in government the common goal is to – you know, to make the people of the, you know, the country you're representing prosper. So, you know, the right. idea of somebody uh, endorsing a candidate they were running against, you know, for some people that seems, Oh, how could they said this about them, this about them. No, no, but, but the bottom line is it's, we're here, they're here for the people. So you have to exactly. make some concessions while you may not like that person. You have to make that concession that, okay, this is for the best of the country. You know, right? Your your principles only go so far. <laughs> they're abstract. You know, they're very tangible issues that that need to be addressed. And exactly. Anyway, yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> the second says Masto. I know nothing about her to be honest. Um, Me neither. I don't. I don't so know really who. Um, she's a senator from. Um, Nevada, so it's important. Nevada is an important swing state this year, so that's probably why she's there. I just honestly don't know too much about her. Um, she was 
a lawyer and a politician. She's been a senator from Nevada since 2017. So she was actually an attorney general from Nevada from 2007, hmm. 2015. So she has some good credentials. Just as far as the national stage goes, um, not too much. So she's probably appealing to the Nevada state because they're trying to win that real bad. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that cool. you got to do – you have to play politics even at convention. You have to do smart optics. You have to do things like that, right? So she's mm, going to be a works. good person to uh, bring Nevada in. Nevada is – remember, Trump sued Nevada a couple weeks back for mailing everyone in the state absentee ballots. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want them to be able to vote by mail. It's a very important state. So I think it's important that she comes on today. It'll be interesting to see what she says to her own state about mail-in ballots. So uh, she she could be interesting. I don't know her at all. She's not a on the national stage, but she is important to Nevada and to Democrats in Nevada. Absolutely. So that'll be kind of important. If, if I could digress from the list to line up really quickly, uh, speaking of absentee ballots, uh, voters in North Carolina – Receive their absentee ballots, and on them, I don't know if you've seen this, is printed, uh, you know, Trump victory. President Trump is counting on you, and one of his tweets. There's literally Trump propaganda printed on their absentee ballots in North Carolina. I read that. I read something, but I didn't click on it. Is that on every single absentee, or only the Republican absentee ones? Uh, it's it sounds like it was uh, on all it, of them. It but does, I wasn't sure. Yeah, it is on all of them because I, I want I just want to make sure that I wasn't speaking out of turn. But uh, yeah, it doesn't indicate whether it's one or the other. Um, but <laughs> I just found that completely. Re- That's just what he did in the stimulus checks, right? Every stimulus check that was mailed out said "Courtesy of Donald Trump" with a big old signature of his <laughs> on it. I mean, and he exactly. was opposing those, Same. right? He was opposing those, so. Mm-hmm. It's just, as you said, it, pure propaganda. Yeah, and each one came with an edible arrangement. So I, what are you gonna do? <laughs> there you go. Back to that right, Next up tonight, after Catherine Cortez Masso, Governor Andrew Cuomo from the great state of New York, he could be a little firebrand. I'm looking forward to what he has to say. Right. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't pull punches. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm really going to enjoy listening to him speak. You know, um, well, I think everyone kind of hoped he was the president when he was doing his daily briefings during coronavirus. So he he handled it very well, well in New York for those briefings. We have been so desensitized, We, uh, you know, that anybody who speaks an articulate sentence in front of people now – it seems like somebody who should be president. That's true too. <laughs> like, it's like, wow, I understood that from beginning to end. He should be president. Right. It's like, Mike, that was just a commercial. <laughs> All right. And then Uh-oh. after Governor Cuomo, Governor Gretchen Whitmer from the great state of Michigan is coming on. Of course, Michigan, we only lost by, I think it was, 22,000 votes last year. We would have gone to Clinton. 22,000 votes for the entire. I mean, you got to realize that the three states we lost, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, was a total of 78,000 votes. If those 78,000 votes would have gone the other way, Trump would not be in office. 
So Rachel Whitmer is hugely important. It so saddens me that, you know, these numbers, so few votes uh, between uh, candidates. And when you consider how many voters, you know, legal age voters are out there, it's, it's, it's a little depressing. Well, right, and it shows how much the, the Electoral College is out of whack because Hillary got 2.3 million more votes than him, but lost by 78,000 mm-hmm. for Electoral College. That's just mm-hmm. ridiculous. There's no sense in that Jesus. whatsoever. And, of course, yeah, Gretchen absolutely. Whitmer was in the Capitol when all those yahoos stormed the Capitol with their guns to say that they weren't going to uh, – we couldn't tell them what to do as far as closing down the state and stuff like that. So she's put up with a lot of baloney there in Michigan. And uh, I hope she gives a nice good speech because uh, she's been getting a lot of bad press from everybody. She's been on the Republicans whipping board for standing up to all these Republicans for closing down the state. She did it right. And Michigan has had COVID went down quicker and they haven't resurged as much as everyone else. So I think, uh, She's done a damn good job and got a lot of grief over it. So she'll be interesting to come up. I mean, just look at results. Right. After Gretchen is scheduled to be Representative Jim Clyburn from South Carolina, who is basically the one lauded with Joe Biden's huge win in South Carolina and carrying the black vote. So he's going to be a very important figure on there tonight, I believe. Um, I think mm-hmm. that uh, he carries a lot of weight in the black community, uh, in the South especially. And he really did, I think, give this to Joe Biden without uh, his backing. Um, my, it might be a different race right now. So good on mm-hmm. Jim Clyburn. He's, uh, he's a stalwart in politics, and uh, it's going to be interesting. He says after him is uh, going to be – Republican John Kasich from my great state of Ohio, we talked a little bit off air. There is a little controversy with bringing these Republicans. There are four Republicans overall they are going to speak at the convention, one each day. John Kasich, the governor of Ohio, Christy Whitman, the, the governor of New Jersey. For, these mm-hmm. are all former, by the way. Um, Susan Molinari, the former New York congresswoman, and Greg Whitman, who was the uh, former CEO of Hewlett-Packard, uh, who was real big in Republican politics for a while. So four, yeah, we were talking four about that. Republicans yeah. coming one each night and very controversial. What are your thoughts on this? Um, so I'm going to separate this from the, the, the time allotment controversy, but just the whole uh, the controversy that I'm, I'm hearing about Republicans speaking, of, of course it's important it, it, that Republicans speak because it's a common goal for the people again. This isn't a team sport. If, if there are Republicans who are coming forth and saying, no, he needs to go regardless of parties, then they're doing what's best for the people. So to look at them right. as some sort of enemy because they're coming up there to endorse uh, the, the Democratic candidate is absolutely ridiculous. Um, you can have issue with them, but they're still, it's still a good thing that they're speaking because they're speaking also to, to their people in their party who may be on the right. fence, who may be questioning, who may be just right there on that precipice of making a decision either way. And, you know, just a, a few words from somebody who they know is, you know, formally a- aligned with them 
could push them over the edge and say, oh, well, you know, if, if they're saying I should vote this way, then I will. There are a lot right. of uh, people right. who are not very free thinkers who need to hear this. Exactly. And Kasich was the last one standing against Trump last time in 2016. Everyone else mm-hmm. had dropped out except for Kasich. So he does carry a little more weight with it within the party. And I think you're right. I think we need to hear from it. There is the controversy about the time allotted, and that's a tough one. I understand that because there's a, there's um, there's pros and cons for all of it. And I can understand that you yeah. don't want to give um, a Republican more than you do um, a Democrat on the stage. Um, how that yeah. came about, I don't know. And is is it a good decision? We'll find out. But it's going to be Absolutely. very, very interesting. I mean, a, I've heard some controversy over the amount of time that AOC is getting as opposed to Kasich. Um, and again, I, who's to say, you know, whether the right decision was made or not, I don't know. There could be so many factors that we are not even aware of that went into determining how much time people are getting. So everyone out there, you should know, it's hard to postulate that it was done because of this. It's done because they're trying to silence progressives. No, Bernie will be up there too. So I don't want to hear any of that BS. You know, they're not trying to silence right. anything. I, I just, I'm sure it's, it's, it's reasons that, you know, maybe we'll find out, maybe we never will, but just be thankful they're all up there. Right, exactly. And as you said, um, coming up is going to be Bernie Sanders. He's second to last right before Michelle Obama. And he is, he is the de facto voice of the progressive party. Maybe they didn't want competing messages from her and Bernie. There's possible, like you said, there's a whole bunch of reasons There could be reasons behind the reasons we don't know, but uh, she is going to speak for a little bit. Uh, Representative Gwen Moore will be up there. I don't know much about her, except she's a strong speaker. She is from Wisconsin, same thing. So she is in a very important state. Wisconsin was supposed to host these things. So they definitely have to have a Wisconsin person every night, obviously. So Gwen Moore is probably one of the most well-known from Wisconsin. Um, Black woman of color, very strong in her opinions in the House of Representatives. So that's a good choice. I I, I don't have any feelings either way on her. Then coming up is going to be our hardest race, Doug Jones, Senator Doug Jones. We're going to get him on the show in the next couple weeks. But uh, Senator Doug Jones is... The first Democrat to win a Senate seat in the state of Alabama in over, like, 30 years. Um, He is going to probably lose this election unless things go very, very strong for us. If he wins, we're going to have a good night on election night. Um, It's going to be very tough for him. Alabama's always leaned very Republican for the last quite a few years. Um, A lot of things I like about Senator Doug Jones, I think he's – a very fair arbitrator. His son happens to be gay. I've had him on my entertainment show before. He's a zookeeper out there in Alabama. Um, he's so oh, Doug wow. is very strong for LGBTQ rights. Um, and he's just, he's, he's a decent guy. So it's going to, he's going to be interesting to see what he says and what he can bring to it. It's just, he has probably the toughest race of anyone competing. I think this cycle. Yeah, he's he's the seat to, that if he wins, there's going to be a serious upset. I think across the country. Oh, fingers crossed! All the all yeah. the fingers crossed. 
And then after Doug Jones, of course, as we just said, Senator Bernie Sanders, the uh, second to last speaker of the evening, bringing his progressive wave along with him. If you remember the 2016 convention, he was still a little bitter back then. (laughs) It was not uh, probably the most reconciling speech ever at the last convention. He is um, leaps and bounds beyond where he was last time. So it's going to be kind of exciting to hear what he has to say. I think he's going to be inspiring a lot more this year than he was four years ago. Um, he knows the much, importance of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Bernie. As I, I was never a huge – he wasn't tip of my mind on the ticket. I don't believe in a lot of his policies. I believe in some of his policies. I like uh, – like I'm not – a Medicare for all guy. Um, I like Medicare for those who don't want to keep their private insurance. Um, not just different opinions in the party, and that's going to happen. So uh, that's mm-hmm. the only reason that he would not have. That's why I chose Biden over him. But uh, And I picked Buttigieg over him, and I picked Kamal over him. But I still think he represents a huge wing of the party and mm-hmm. deserves to be up there. He was the only one. He was the last person standing in the fight with him and Joe Biden. So he deserves every second up up there. And he has been very conciliatory and it's going to be a great speech, I think. And I let me just add to it. I think it's important listeners know I didn't vote for Biden either, but I will this time. (laughs) Right. There you go. Uh, Then the keynote of the evening, the big, the big kahuna for tonight is former First Lady Michelle Obama. Now, the one thing oh, I don't wait. understand, and tell me if you got this, because I'm, I'm feeling that this was a pre-taped interview, that it's not going to be live. Is that what you're hearing? I don't like that. I'm not 100% Ooh, I have sure. Not, yeah, I, I, but, I didn't hear anything about that. So you think she'll just be uh, just telecast? I think she's. I, I think from what I'm hearing, it's a pre-taped interview, which I'm not excited oh. about. I think these things need to be done live because they're talking. They were talking about what she was going to say, and that's not unusual. They usually get talking points of a speech beforehand. But then I Ooh. thought I saw a little clip on the TV of her saying what she was going to say. So that's kind of impossible for that to happen if it's going live. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I really hope I'm wrong, and she goes live. Um, I just yeah. think that holds so much more power than doing a taped. Oh, absolutely. Anyone can send a tape, right? I just don't like that. I don't know. Sure, we'll but I, I, I'm sure, given given uh, uh, you know a woman of, of her position and uh, integrity, that there's there's obviously a reason for it. That somehow the parameters just work better right. this way. I you know I, I place a lot of trust in her you know ability to make it a a, a good decision. So. You know, right. I, I I would rather do I'd rather hear her live, but I'm not going to be mad at it. Right, and I mean, we got to talk to the elf in the room. Even if she's live on the stream, it's a live stream, and her and a lot of yeah. people's forte, including Trump, is they know how to rev up the crowd that's around. There's going to be no crowd around them, no matter who they are, where they're at. Right, so you're telling you're, you're playing the teleprompter. So you don't really have that feel of the crowd to gauge. So I can understand it a little more. I just don't like it. 
but I understand it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, here's for anybody of the, the opposing party, at least you'll get a preview of Melania's speech tonight. There you go. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> sure. talk, Just saying. Talk about <laughs> it from an actor's standpoint, Michael. Talk about the difference between going in and doing an audition live for the producers and sending in a self-tape. Gosh, it's like night and day. I'm so not a fan of uh, self-taping because there, there's so much about the energy in the room and the interactions. Even So today I actually refused a, uh, uh, a role. They were having trouble um, filling it for Arsenic and Old Lay. So it was in San Jose. Uh, they were doing some a film theater. So they were... Uh, adhering to all COVID restrictions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but then I thought, oh, a, a, you know, being in theater with no audience, it, 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 it's really night and day. You need, it could be different every night. You know, you, you can feel the way a crowd's steering and you, you, you kind of right. know, you know, at which point you say have to, you have to read this up. You, you know when you're losing them. You know, and a good speaker will know what they have to say to, to bring that energy back up. So right. it, it, it's it's terribly hard. You know, uh, an audition on a, a self-tape is just, you know, me, uh, my phone, basically, and a light. And, you know, I'm talking to no one. You know, a real audition, you have right. a casting director sitting there. You have somebody reading the script with you. You have humans to interact with. So, yeah, it, it's truly like, like night and day, but... You know, something we have to do, but I hope people will make keep that in mind and make concessions in their minds that, okay, you know, this is not how it would normally be, and, you know, right. give, them, give, give them a little break. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought that would be a great analogy because the same thing, I think the, best, the, what, the strongest thing you said right there is you can't gauge your performance based on their feedback, right, because you're not getting feedback, and you know when you need to. Oh, yeah amp up your performance a bit and when you need to tone it down because unless you're a really good speaker you can be a little tone deaf right and you can go a hundred percent for way too long and too soft for way too long without really knowing without the crowd giving you those verbal clues right oh absolutely everything your tonality just you know there's so many little nuances to you know to doing something live as opposed to on on, on camera um yeah <laughs> Hey, if you're doing, you know, especially say, you know, you're doing something humorous and during speeches, you know, people do make even important political speeches. People do make little, little jokes, little funnies, lighten it up a little bit. So if you're not getting the, you know, the feedback from that, you're not hearing so, at least one person laugh in the room. It could be a little, you know, disconcerting. Right. And there's actually speeches I've seen where they write right into the speech hold pause for applause, right? And you, you don't do that anymore. <laughs> oh. And it can really, as, as a performer, as a, as a speaker, it can lower your energy, you know, to not have sure. that feedback. So that that's going to be another, you know, thing that I'll, I'll watch in the speakers. Like, you know, can you keep that energy in the room that you're in without, you know, thousands and thousands of people there, you know, feeding you? Because it is, you know, right, they, right. they do feed you. So. Very, very true. Well, it's going to be interesting. Give me overall thoughts, what you're expecting overall from the debates tonight. Oh, 
Oh, I think it's going to be such a mixed bag. Um, what I'm hoping is, you know, our more fiery speakers to rein it in and not give in completely to uh, this uh, the tactics that 45 likes to use that make them seem, you know, completely petty and, and incoherent. Just stick to the message. Stick to this is how we're going to get out of this. Stick to, you know, just stick to the stick to the you know the people what the people need and I'm tripping over my tongue right now because I'm so you know, angsty about it. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's night one of four tonight, everybody. So be sure to stay tuned for it. I think that primetime networks are gonna do it for the last hour on all the major networks. But you can catch it off your favorite CNN, Fox, MSNBC for the entire thing starting at 9 o'clock. So and I think they have the commentators starting now. So, uh, But the actual speech is starting at 9 o'clock. Nine, nine, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific. Eastern, right? got oh, okay. okay. Got it. I still get all those that, that little screwed. I am so bad at time zone math anymore. I used to be good at math, but time zone math just messes me up all the time. I don't know where people... Exactly. That's it. I mean, I know how they work, but I forget when I'm communicating with people that, you know, because I talk to people from all over that's where the heck they are. I have to remind myself, you know. Right. And Chicago's one hour difference, but 20 minutes before you get to Chicago is the same time zone. (laughs) It messes me up all the time. So whereabouts in Chicago (laughs) suburbs are you living? So, yeah. I get all confused. Oh, I didn't really. I I had no idea. Yeah, time zone math is very very tough for me. So anyway, let's move on to other stuff. I got a couple other things that kind of hit my hot button today. Um, I told you (laughs) I'm going to talk about. I want to go into Kamala Harris for a second. Her her big night is going to be tomorrow night, and then uh, Joe's will be Thursday night. But uh, an interesting thing, we talked off air, and I think I may have said it on air once, but I'll say it again. Uh, I am not a fan of a lot of the conservative commentators out there. Um, I particularly dislike a couple, one that is very, very popular. And when I was getting ready to name the show, yes. When I was getting ready to name the show, one one of the alternate names I have besides the last 100 days was, um, uh, yeah, I think I'll say it. Um, is Rush Limbaugh dead yet <laughs> and other conservative principles? And he's well, come out today. So I figure I'm going to start a segment that's going to be called, Is Rush Limbaugh Dead Yet? I can't get as much trouble if it's just a segment, <laughs> right? So starting tonight, I'm going to have an occasional segment, is Rush Limbaugh dead yet because of stupid shit he said? So basically what he said. Exactly. So he is basically calling, actually, in true Rush Limbaugh fashion, he let someone else call it and kind of characterized it, calling Kamala Harris a hoe. Um, mm-hmm. For and a mattress. her political beliefs and cozying up to her to California politics. Basically, um, 
he decided uh, last week he started this. Um, he posted an image that read uh, Joe the Ho and the Ho, H-O-E, um, saying that it's no secret that Kamala Harris slept her way up into California political life by being a very public escort and mattress for California Democratic kingmaker Willie Brown. He went on to say that he quoted an op-ed by Brown published in San Francisco Banner say, if Joe Biden offers the vice president's slot, my advice be to decline. Um, but Harris is a tested and proven campaigner who will work her backside. So Limbaugh added, and by the way, if anyone knows her backside, it's Willie Brown. I mean, in the biblical intimate sense, he knows her backside. They both acknowledge that she knows his, even though uh, hers is not as big as his. So basically, this Rush Limbaugh clown is accusing her of being a hoe. This is a man who's been married four times, right? That pimps his wife out on his daily show for all these great things she's doing. And do you think that she fell in love with him for love (laughs) and not his money? Who knows? It doesn't matter. But it just... Go ahead. These playground antics. And you know what? What is wrong with straight men, with this thing with straight men and calling women whores? You know, this right. is the first time I, I've heard, you know, a very public straight man calling a woman a whore. You know, I, you, you hear it all the time. What, what, what is with that? Can, some, can somebody exactly. tell me? Is this, a, is this a, a Bible thing? Because I know how, you know, some of that stuff's written, uh, Miss Mary Magdalene. Uh, you know, if, if that's all you got, on that woman, then you know, you need to grow some freaking balls. Women are not whores just because you disagree with them. Exactly. I mean, just the idea for everything this guy has done and said to demean women, demean everything else, married four times, done all this other stuff, to be able to call a vice presidential candidate a whore, a hoe, is just above and beyond the pale. I mean, this guy is dying from lung cancer, supposedly. And you would think some people might have a change of heart in their last months on Earth and at least grow a heart and have one. But he's being the same ass he has been forever. And I I would never wish anyone to die. So I'm part tongue-in-cheek as I'm saying, is Rush Limbaugh dead yet? But his rhetoric, I hope, dies very soon because it's just not helpful and I just can't stand politics like that and Hannity's trying to Hannity and that Tucker Carlson they're fighting to be the next person to take his spot so they're just going to be just as bad but I just uh, got real upset with that so that's my the irony in which in him in him suffering from uh, lung cancer, you know the very thing that supports his voice. I mean, I I don't I don't wish him death, but it's it's just it's kind of karmic, don't you think? Well, exactly, and that's part of his ironic stick too. How much was he guys in their cigars and manually toxic toxic masculinity and everything, and he always made fun of his cigars and stuff like this, and now you have lung cancer, right? So and you and you make your living with your voice and this is happening. So karma is a bitch. So. Mhm. 
and women are not. Never born. wish anyone to die, but I do wish that his voice is silenced one way or another. So yeah, that's just <laughs> my opinion. That's today's uh, Rush. Is Rush Limbaugh dead and other conservative ideals yet? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard anything about, because I know Congress was uh, reconvening over the post office, what, what's going on with the, the Postal Service. Have you heard any movement or noise Pelosi from that? Pelosi is calling them in. P- Pelosi yeah, is calling um, the, the uh, House back in. The... Mm-hmm. Postmaster Attorney General has agreed, or the Postmaster General, has agreed to speak before Congress next week. They were not sure if he would even comply with that. Um, so he has agreed to talk, but they are also trying to get the FBI to investigate if any of this that's been going on is criminal. And they're going to try to pass a $25 billion bill funded again. But like I said, they can do that in the House no matter what because they have all the Democratic votes. Whether anything will happen in the yeah. Senate is the second part of it. But they're coming back. They're coming back in just a couple of days here, and they are going to have hearings, and they're going to bring this guy in public, this postmaster general, ask him questions about everything that's going on. They're going to put a $25 billion bill to aid the post office out there. And they're asking the FBI to criminally look into what's happening in the post office. They haven't said whether they'll take it up yet or not, but that's what's going on. I have people who are still who don't uh, get the idea that this is a direct attack on our our election system. Um, I I told them, I said, it's an admittance that the system will work against them because they're changing a system that got them elected in the first place, that got them reelected. So by changing it now is what you're saying is that system that got you elected is not going to get you elected again. So exactly. It seems obvious to me, but, you know. Hey. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. They, they did get the post office to agree to stop taking out mailboxes and taking out any more um, sorting machines. So they stopped that practice. So if they had any more scheduled, that's not going to happen until after the election. So the post office did agree to that as of now. Whether it's going to start agreeing to anything else, we'll see what happens. Yeah. If I see somebody trying to take a post office box, I swear to you, Scott, I will go and sit on the damn thing. (laughs) Right, right. Go ahead, try to move me. Arrest me. Exactly. I also want to come I want to revisit talking about how it's coming back in the session and stuff. I want to talk about the the, um, extended unemployment. The Mm -hmm. Trump campaign basically caved on their $300 match $100 deal. They caved Mm -hmm. to the point where any money that comes from the state counts towards $100. So the state was already giving you your regular Mm -hmm. unemployment, right? So they're going to count that towards um, the the government giving you $300 more. But okay. that takes away from the hundred that the state had to give. So you're only going to be getting three hundred now instead of four hundred, because a hundred of it comes from to, the state. Right, three hundred. Three hundred in the normal weekly. state. Right. I mean, so you will that's get three hundred. But <laughs> then not. right, exactly. 
But again, as I've talked about three times so far, it's only if your government opts in. So as of now, only four states have applied to and approved, been approved for it. Arizona, Iowa, Louisiana, and New Mexico applied and been approved for this. Supposedly, Alaska, West Virginia, and North Carolina said they will participate. They haven't signed up yet. And Georgia is looking into it right now. So of all the ones that are, that are available, there's only seven states that are saying they're doing it right now for sure. And it is an entirely new system. It's not the old system where you got the 600. So they have to create an entire new way to get this $300 dispersed. They're going to retroactive oh, it back to August 1st. But who knows when you're going to get it? I mean, how long did it take you to get your stimulus check, My right? Stimulus so you March. get this. Yeah, I got it. Exactly. Last week. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So you basically lost $100 um, because mm-hmm. the state doesn't have to put that anymore. It counts towards the regular part. Only seven states are participating, four officially, three unofficially right now. And we'll see what happens. But it's like, oh. and one of the ones that declined it was South Dakota. The South Dakota governor, who is this woman that's just an idiot as far as I'm concerned, um, she's a huge, she refused to do any lockdowns for the state. Oh, and she's saying because of it, they've recovered their jobs more, and so they're not going to take that $300. She's not going to let anyone in the state of South Dakota take that $300. She's not going to apply well, for in, it. So you can't get it there, in their de- no matter if you want in it or defense, not. In South Dakota, I believe the entire population could remain six feet apart, and there'd still be half the state, right? <laughs> well, true, exactly. But even though, I mean, I just, their their unemployment rate, in March was 3.1%, right? It got up to 10.9% in April. It's down to 7.2 in June. So it is down, but it's still double what it was before. And she's refusing to let you get any extra unemployment. She's, she's decided for her citizens that, well, even though the state, the federal government's going to offer this to you, I'm not going to let you have it. Well, it just sounds to me like somebody should, you know, digging in and sticking to their guns rather than adapting to circumstance. You know, you can, right. you can have the strongest principles in, in, in the world, but, you know, what, what, what formulates your decisions should be your principles and circumstance. So there needs right. to be, you got to wiggle a little bit. That's, that's the way, that's the way everything works. Got to wiggle. Yep. I'm going to put no, that on a t-shirt. Got to wiggle. That's, yeah, that'd be a great t-shirt. Last 100 days, we got a wiggle. Right. Uh, another so thing I coming read... back that – oh, go ahead. Jump in. No, no, no. No, all good. All you. Well, I was just going to talk about the president has decided to do his acceptance speech from the White House next Thursday. Because next week is the Republican convention, right? So he's going to accept mm-hmm. it from the White House. And the RNC applied for a permit to do fireworks over the Capitol right after it was done. Now, isn't that so it's against like, like certain rules? The campaign can't be can't use. It, 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 I don't know what the official be, rule on that is, but they shouldn't. That's be able what to I do thought. That. But the RNC is doing it, so the RNC is basically just buying fireworks. Mm. 
It's just going to happen to coordinate with this. But they're getting around but I mean, it. Him giving, the RNC him giving his applying speech for there. a permit and doing fireworks Thursday at 1130. And, oh, guess what? The president's going to do his speech right before that. It'll probably end right at 1130. What a coincidence. <laughs> Exactly, but I, I thought that you yeah. couldn't give that that speech, particularly, uh, you know, at the White House, if that was against you know certain rules it's against and regulations. Protocol, but, I, but everything he does is against yeah. protocol. So who knows? Well, yeah, whether of course. it's straight out yeah. illegal, it's not worth for the Democrats to fight that battle. It probably is illegal to do it in some way, but they're just not going to fight the, the battle right now. It's just mm-hmm. oh, too much. Good on them. Uh, what, so I, you go ahead. Look what, what online. There's a petition. I mean, not that I, I believe it'll go anywhere or that it'll be effective in anything, but I'd like to get your opinion. A petition to request a, a UN monitors to oversee elections. UN monitors, United Nations. That's mm-hmm. a, is that coming from the Democrats? Because I know Trump doesn't like the United Nations, so that's interesting. Yeah, you know, it's not from the Democrats. It was a it was a general petition. Uh, I did not write down the source, but I will get it to you. But yeah, but I, I do you see? That I as think being that's interesting. In I wouldn't be opposed to that. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah. I think that's interesting. But even if they were monitoring, you know, I don't think would would they have the ability to do anything about it? Is is what I'm curious about. Well, I mean, I. I think there's going to be a lot of people monitoring us to begin with. I think Republicans are going to have a lot of people standing around the ballots. It's intimidation, as far as I'm concerned, some way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Monitoring, I think as far as monitoring, all they're really allowed to do is, I don't even know what they're allowed to do. We got, That's something we're going to have to look at, because I yeah, think that's definitely. going to happen I, a lot I, in in the election. So maybe we'll bring that up as a topic in the next week, couple of weeks here. What what monitoring the election means, because it'd be interesting yeah. to see what happens. Because I know it it turns into intimidation a lot, and so we got to see mm. what they're actually allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. I think they have to keep so many feet away from the actual polling booths. But I don't know. We'll have to look into I that. See. That's a good subject. I'm going to write that down. That's a very good yeah. subject to so go into I, later. It just popped up, and so I'm like, okay, I need to. Before I babble any more about it, I need to look it up. Right. No, I like that. Very interesting. Ooh. Well, we only have time for maybe one or two more things. Uh, last thing I have on my list, um, I thought very interesting, Puerto Rico, which... Uh, <laughs> Wait, could you say that again, please? <laughs> Puerto Rico, in Thank my you. best Thank you. Spanish. Um, <laughs> Puerto Rico... One of their religious zealot um, people in the Republican House of Representatives there says Puerto Rico cannot has their own house. They're a U.S. territory, right? We keep trying to bring them in. They're not official yet, but this they have uh, like their own state house representatives and state senate, like every other state does. They just don't get any. Um, votes in big things like a lot of people do. So yeah, uh, we have they anyway, have a representative who shows up, but they can't right. vote on anything. So weird. Exactly, just like DC, just like DC, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this um, Department of Justice 
has indicted a prominent Puerto Rican lawmaker, also her husband and son and her assistant, for the alleged participation in a years-long theft, bribery, and kickback scheme. Uh, The girl's name is Maria Milagros Charbonnet, uh, better known as Tata. (laughs) I love that. Um, Yeah. So we have... uh, we have Maria Milagro Chabonet, or Tata, is a member of the Puerto Rican House of Representatives whose politics have been described as extremely religious after the Supreme Court of the United States recognized same-sex marriages in 2015. She led an unsuccessful campaign to keep it illegal in Puerto Rico. And whenever there's a so-called, quote-unquote, religious freedom bill going through the House, mm-hmm. You know that Tata is behind it in some way or another. <laughs> well, they found out that in early 2017, she inflated her assistant salary from $800 every other week to $2,100 every other week. And then two years later in 2019, bumped it up another $800 to $2,900 every two weeks. But it turns out that her assistant was giving a thousand or fifteen hundred of it back to her husband and son every check, kicking it back. You know, I always say that look at the people who don't protest too much about stuff. They are usually the ones who are guilty of crap behind the scenes. Yeah, even if people don't don't accuse other people of actions if they're innocent. So right. if anybody so, in your life is very vocal about something, you better raise an eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, they have they have the uh, – you want to raid those closets for their skeletons because they're usually pretty bright and shiny back there. I agree. Well, that makes me sad as a as a, a, a 100% Puerto Rican myself. I mean, I wasn't – I was born in Colorado, but, you know, I am – my family, my grandparents herald from there. There you go. See, our, our, we're trying to get them statehood, and their Republicans down there are messing up, too. All right, well, that's it, Michael. We don't have time for anything else today. Thanks so much. We will be covering the convention every day this week. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Last100DaysPod. We'll be talking about the convention today. Tomorrow we'll have Brandon Carmody on with me. Mike will be back Wednesday, and uh, we'll be talking about all things set to fit. Stay tuned for the Leftist Rage Show. We're having a Music Monday. And we're going to play out to Randy Rainbow. If you guys aren't familiar with Randy, <laughs> he does amazing parodies of the current administration. And he has a new one simply titled Kamala. And it's sung <laughs> to the tune of Camelot. So enjoy a little Randy Rainbow. We'll see you next time. We're out of here. Bye-bye. Bye, all. Take care. I have no doubt that I picked the right person to join me as the next Vice President of the United States of America, and that's Senator Kamala Harris. Joe Biden kept a lid on who he would choose to help make Trump's first term his last hurrah. But now he's giving everyone the good news. It's Kamala. Will she be crowned a medal?
Elvis and Bernie say, well, duh. And in his pants, Mike Pence just made a pee-pee. He's scared of her. Let me take this opportunity to welcome Bruce and Kamala. Kamala, a name that makes her critics view. We will admit we did not see this coming, but Kamala. <laughs> 